Hey everybody, welcome back to another Zoom interview here. I'm Billy Rainford from Direct Motocross. This episode is gonna be sponsored by Fox Racing Canada. So a big thanks to those guys for the continued support of Direct Motocross and all my harebrained ideas. So uh, really uh, look forward to continuing in the future. But hey, uh, yeah, as, uh, as we're gonna to try to do in this crazy coronavirus shutdown, we're gonna to talk to some different people, racers, industry people, characters uh, i think this guy here falls into the third category here but uh, i've got greg poisson here greg man hey thanks you for uh, sitting in with us hey billy thanks very much man appreciate it yeah yeah this should be kind of fun i mean uh we can talk you've done all kinds of things you've raced you've worked in the industry out of the industry yep. you're all over the place you're doing uh, some other interesting things in the, the uh, mental health side of things so we got a ton of stuff to talk about <laughs> um where are you right now uh, i'm at home in uh, in peterborough ontario Peterborough, you don't have the Lindsay Peterborough accent. Uh, I tried not to over the years, but I, some people say I do. It just depends. I don't sound like uh, your typical Lindsayite. It's funny. There really is. A, that is very stereotypical Canadian accent, uh, the, the, Lindsay, the Lindsay accent, I think. Yeah, just talk to Kyle Keast. He's, got, he's had one forever. He's, he sounds like he's great from where he is from Lindsay. So. I, yeah. I feel that I'm actually going to do a, do a talk with, uh, with Kyle Keast this week, too, to kind of find out what he's up to. And cool. He's going to tell us his greatest race story of all time. So that's what we're. Uh, oh, I bet you he's got a few, man. That guy's done a lot of things, and he's uh, he was a big hero of mine growing up because he went to the same high school as me actually back in the day. So Kyle was uh, always somebody I looked up to growing up. That's awesome. Well, that'd, cool. be, that'd be cool. Uh, well, I'll see what kind of high school kid you were. What kind of high school kid was he? Uh, he he did he wasn't there when I was there. So um, he'll you know I don't think he actually graduated. Ooh, uh -oh. But, yeah, maybe oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right Greg, let's, let's yeah. back up to the beginning like we always do tell us uh i mean i, I obviously kind of know a lot of your story but uh tell people yeah. how you actually got into into motocross in the first place um i started riding when i was four on a honda qr50 uh, my dad worked for honda canada uh from the pretty much the time i was born up until i was uh, about 25 or 26 uh he was a he was handled he was a district sales manager as well as a uh he handled a lot of the race support for ontario so he was He's pretty close with the guys from Machine, and that was a big program for him. You know, Peter Raymer, Mesley, Kyle at one point. Um, you know, he did a lot of the you know signing of the the of the the, the checks, we'll say for those guys. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, grew up racing the Ontario scene my whole life uh, up until I was about 20, 24, 25, and then I uh, you know hung up the boots and decided to move on from it and uh, went to school. I went to college and graduated uh, in, in business and then um, started taking some different jobs outside the industry. So I worked for Shimano Canada in the cycling division for a number of years. And I think a lot of people currently from the track will remember, remember me from that, um, you know, bringing the, the big blue van to the races and, uh, and you know, having some cool bikes and stuff. And um, now I currently work for Pirelli, uh, Pirelli automotive side. So I handle uh, I'm a sales director for them. So um deal with big round pieces of rubber all day it's just uh it's a totally different deal but it's uh it's been good okay cool well you you touched on a whole bunch of areas we're going to get to but uh, of course yeah we'll, we'll kind of keep it keep it uh we're still looking at you or how far up in the in the racing scene did you get what type of class did you make it to uh, i rode intermediate for two years or a couple yeah maybe two or three years and uh and that was pretty much it didn't uh didn't go too you know, didn't go too much further than that. Um, had big aspirations, but I mean, I think we all do at one point and just kind of realize we run out of talent after a while. And, uh, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta go down to different roads. So 
Yeah, I think it's a pretty common story, right? You, yeah. you get to a point, you get to an age and you kind of go, well, you get laughed at a, you know, you go race something like, what? I'm not going to get that fast. I'm going to school. So that's kind of pretty, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I started to get old and then I realized like, hey, I got to do something, uh, something with my life here. So yeah, it was cool. But no, it's a lot of good, good times and a lot of my best friends kind of have come from the motocross world. So it's, uh, I don't regret much of it. That's for sure. Right, of course. Uh, and again, my other, my favorite question too, what, what was your first racing number and uh, what's the origin story to it? Uh, my first racing number was uh, 17. So I was number 17. Um, the origin story behind that was uh, my dad was good friends with uh, Joe, the guy from Joe Rocket. So he knew Joe Rocket's a, you know, a super bike leather uh, producer and uh, big fans of Miguel Duhamel. So uh, if anyone's familiar with him, uh, a lot of people thought it was because of Wendell Clark, but no, it was because of uh, Miguel de Hamill. So I was 17, and then uh, um, and then I ended up being uh, 36, and then most people remember me for 245. So 245 was my number most of my career. I guess you'd call it career. And then, uh, um, yeah, that's been it for a long time. Okay. Now you still still, still have a bike in the garage, or what do you, what do you got going on? Uh, I, well, that's kind of a funny story. So I, I did, yeah, I did for a few years, and then I got rid of one, uh, got rid of it, and then I decided last year I was going to, Get back into racing again because you know as many of us do uh you know we miss i miss the social aspect of a big time and i miss the the idea of competing because it was such a big part of my life amongst so many other people um that that you know you really kind of realize that you're missing it so uh yeah so it was it so i got back into a little bit last year raced and uh did one race at the end of the year bought the bike on thursday raced it on the saturday and and uh it was uh, pretty crazy, and then I actually had plans to do a lot more racing this year. But um, you know, as, as that's why probably why we're sitting here because of what's going on around the world. So yeah, exactly. What, to, what I mean, I, actually, I'm at uh, I'm at my mom's place, my parents' place up here on Lake Simcoe. I'm I'm not too nice. far from you actually right now. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's I mean we're we're pretty lucky uh, to be where you know in Peterborough we're pretty low uh, low cases and low um, I don't know what you'd call it low infection rate or low whatever you call it but uh you know we're still taking all the right precautions everybody's working from home and it's it's pretty it's pretty different okay yeah i yeah, know now i know uh okay racing stuff is i mean we don't have a whole lot of cool ama supercross stories or uh big mx national stories but hey, let's, what, how about this what was your greatest race of all time uh okay my greatest race of all time uh, i still i still think about this one and my dad will actually bring it up if you ever sit down and uh and have a beer with my dad or, or uh, whatever you want. He'll tell you the stories that uh, it was at Port Perry. So I don't know if you ever went to Port Perry, the, the track there run by Barry, who now works with Walton. And uh, it was a Amy, or uh, not Amy, sorry, uh, CMRC at the time, Provincial. Uh, I was in junior. It was like my last year of junior and uh, I crashed on the first lap. You know, and those back then those, they had like heat races. There was like 60 to 70 guys trying to, you know, race this race or get into the mains. I crashed first lap of the main first corner. I came back through and I won um, in like four laps. So my dad said, he's like, I've never seen you ride so good in your entire life. He's, and it was like, I think back to it now and it was probably the easiest thing I've ever done. Like I'm not saying that I won easy or whatever, but it's like, you get that, um, you know, you just get that, that feeling, that flow. And it was just, it was just so easy to ride. You know, it was, it was just like everything gelled really well. So um, yeah, that's still one of my favorite moments. And We've had some pretty good races, some pretty good battles over the years with guys. And, um, you know, back in the day, racing Eric Jeffrey every weekend in junior when he was, uh, he was, you know, he's younger than me, but we had some good battles. And uh, that, that guy, he, you know, he'd take me out just as quickly as I take him out. So it was, 
it was pretty funny. It's surprising when he gets aggressive. I've seen him, yeah. I've seen him in arena cross out in Chilliwack, BC, get a little aggressive sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, he's one of my good friends. I've known him for since we were like you know ten or something like that. So he's uh, he's a good buddy. But yeah, we were like like the classic uh, you know friends off the track, not so much on the track. But no, they're great. He's he's always been uh, a great competitor. Right. Every time he threatens to retire, he shows up again in the in the pro gate. Yeah, he well that we were talking about it this year. So I always end up being his mechanic at a lot of these races and I show up and just help him out. I call it trainer because I'm definitely not a mechanic. I'm not <laughs> much of a trainer either, but just call it a man friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gotta carry that legacy on. But uh um yeah, so he's he was he wanted to do the East Coast this year. So we'll see if it works out. I I hope it does because he's uh he's still too good, I think, to hang it up. So but now he's got three kids. So three kids? Yeah, I just had twins. <laughs> wow, I don't even didn't even know that. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's big. Wow. Incredible. Uh, Okay. Well, um, so back in the day, how far away did you travel? Well, you know, I know you didn't make it to pro, but it's okay. We can still talk about stuff that you did. uh, Yeah, I had some cool, cool experiences. Um, I raced Daytona Amateur Supercross twice. Um, That was an amazing experience to be down there and, uh, and just to be, you know, in that, on that stage, right? You know, you come off the track and you have to go up on the oval a little bit to get around. I was like, holy smokes, like, this is pretty cool. I spent some time in South Africa, uh, living with Kiram and Daryl Fitzgerald. So that was pretty cool. That was a neat experience to ride there. And that was uh, probably one of the biggest culture shocks I've ever had in my life. Um, it's hard to even explain it. With, oh, he uh, told some amazing stories about some of the craziness there. Oh, yeah. They, they're all, it's all true. It's all 100% true, man. I'm sure he uh, told you the one about throwing a small kid into the car and they go around and unlock it. Grab that no. One? no. Oh. <laughs> I saw some stuff I don't even know if we should talk about on here. It's more yeah, of a private conversation. Not with them, but like just in South Africa in general. Oh. Amazing, amazing place, but it's also uh it's also terrifying too. So it was it was cool. But yeah, I got to travel over there and um and race and ride, which was really neat. You know, it's not often somebody who's not uh, a big time, you know, uh person, you know, a big time athlete or celebrity gets to travel like that and to do that. So um got to do that and uh, yeah, traveled to, you know, I was in Florida and, you know, uh, kind of all over, not all, so much all over Canada, but all over Eastern Canada a, a lot of the time. So it was, it was pretty cool. Okay, nice. And then, uh, okay, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've seen you all over the tracks coming up. Walton, I got photos of you from back in the day, the 245. And yeah, it's, it's like you're always coming out of retirement, though, from when I've known you. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much gave up every year and then came back. It was, uh, there's a few years where I didn't really have, I, I focused a lot more on the results when I was younger. I think it was, uh, you know, one of those things where, uh, you know, your dad's kind of in the industry and, you know, you're getting your bikes for free and, you, you know, you, you get all this stuff and, and uh, um, you know, and you kind of put pressure on yourself. So if you're not getting these, you know, these results you put on in your head, you're not having any fun. And some of the best times I had was when I, I did all right, but I was having the most fun. So. Right. Was, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so now I know, uh, obviously, we've uh, seen a lot more of each other lately. The past few years is because of cycling. You kind of transition into yep. like a lot of motocrossers do because we do so damn much cycling to stay fit for moto. It's yep. just a natural uh, progression and a transition to cycling. But uh, your passion now too, huh? Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I kind of just transitioned over that because uh, Shimano Canada's Canadian headquarters are in Peterborough. And I took an entry-level position there and then kind of moved up a little bit and got more involved with different things. Um, Shimano was involved with Supercross and some athletes in the States like Chad Reed, Justin Brayton, Dean Wilson, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, you know, big name athletes use our products. So uh, it was a good natural fit for me. Um, you know, I've, I've helped down some guys up here, Tyler Medallia, you know, everyone knows, if anyone knows Tyler, they know he's a 
crazy cyclist and he's very, very good at it. A very powerful um, athlete, but um, yeah, I just tried to get into a bit more and, and uh, I did some racing myself. So last year I won the open men's national short, short track championship at Sea Otter, Sea Otter Canada. Um, so it's a big kind of cycling festival. They have one in the States as well. Um, this is a Canadian version. I won the uh, mountain bike short track uh, championship last year. So still not sure how I did that, but uh, that's impressive. Man. I did. Yeah. So it's been cool. It's, uh, it's definitely different. I still get, you know, a lot of questions and I still get, you know, a lot of, uh, I still get a little frustrated because I see a lot of these moto guys that, you know, they don't really, you know, I'm so into cycling and it's such a different world for me now. And I'm really, you know, I learned from the best of the industry to see how they, they handle their cycling or their bikes. And I look at their bikes are all rusty and chains and stuff. And it's just, it's tough. So I'm just trying to change it, you know, one, one, one guy at a time. So. Well, it's funny. I've, I have to admit, I've always been one of those guys, like I, I've, you know, raced mountain bikes, road bikes, triathlons and all that kind of stuff. And I was always the guy that kind of, the, the less often I touched my stuff, the more, least, the fewer problems I had. So I was kind of that guy. I, I'd lube the chain. I tried to clean a few things, but it seemed like the guys who had the most troubles were the guys who had their bikes apart after every ride. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's cycling is one thing that's a really common misconception is that, you know, coming from the moto world where say if something's bent or maybe something's broken or whatever it may be, you can often just power through it. Like the bike will still work. But cycling, it's all based on input of power and um, you know, rider input, right? So you're turning the pedals, you're doing different things. And if everything's not aligned and everything's not really, you know, kind of set up properly, it can make a huge difference in how the ride works. So it's, um, we were doing a lot of work on a guy's bikes at the races uh, this last couple of years. And um, some of them, I was like, I just couldn't believe what they were riding, like the equipment and the condition it was in. Um, but, you know, as moto guys were, I'd say we're pretty tough and a lot of guys just power through it, right? They don't really care. They say, oh, let's go for a bike ride. It doesn't matter, you know, but for me being in the bicycle world, it's a totally different deal. All right. I'll go work on my Scott bikes now. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, speaking of that Shimano thing, I remember, yeah, I guess it was not last year. I, mean, I guess it was the year before, I guess. I don't, when I, I cycled, I mountain biked every single track after at the end of the day. Yeah. We rode the, uh, the e-bikes. Yeah. I mean, I rode my normal Scott uh, spark 29 er across Canada. And then when we got to go for dunes, you guys were there and you had that uh, electric assist bike. Yeah. Electric assist thing. And I was actually able to go around the entire, well, we around the entire, yeah. track. got some air like that thing. Incredible. I could go around the track. Like that was nuts. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I did a lot of development with that bike and, and that system. Well, not that bike story, but the system that came with it and did some fine tuning uh, with Japan and whatnot. And, and it was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was really neat to be a part of that experience. And, and uh, it's kind of like being like a factory, you know, like a test rider for like Honda or something, right? Shimano is huge in the cycling world. There's really not a, a bigger company. Um, so it's pretty neat to be a part of that and, you know, to be able to, to get people on them and, and try it out and stuff like that. So it was cool. Yeah, that was a fun day. I remember it was hot as hell though. I remember it was just sweating, just, oh, brutal. Yeah, but, you struggled pretty heavily in that uh, loop we did. I'm, and I gotta go back and check these sea otter results. Oh, dude, no, it was, uh, I did struggle for sure. That was, uh, I wasn't, I kept hitting my pedals off the, the ruts because it was at the end of the day, right? So I wasn't, uh, my line choice was horrible. That's for sure. I, really, I did struggle big time. I remember that. That was, uh, that was not a fun, you were flying. <laughs> I just did it all day. That's why I had lots of energy. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was probably dehydrated at that point. <laughs> okay, so now um, 
Well, a main reason we certainly wanted to talk today was, you know, catch up on all the stuff. We'll get, to, we'll, we'll talk about what your, your current position at Pirelli here in a second, but you also got very involved and a lot of stuff has happened lately in the whole uh, mental, aware, mental health awareness side of things. Maybe talk to us a little bit about how you got into that. And, you know, that yeah, so, um, so kind of near the end of my, my racing career, I started to um, just kind of change. It's hard to really kind of, you know, we could sit here and talk about it for an hour, but uh, a lot of things kind of developed within my life and, and different things. And um, I went eventually, you know, long story short, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, so I dealt with a lot of ups and downs and things like that. And, um, you know, mood changes and, and some really erratic behavior, manic behavior, they call it, um, stuff like that. It was pretty, it was pretty serious stuff. I didn't really realize at the time how, how big it was. Um, and then I realized I was able to, you know, with motocross and my friends that I had in the sport, as well as outside the sport, it was a, I was able to kind of get a grasp on things and I'm one of the unfortunate ones to be able to like be able to kind of separate myself. So when I'm having, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't have any real you know, episodes where I'm going to call them now. Um, but at the time it was, it was quite frequent and I was more absorbed into the actual situation. Whereas now it's, I'm able to kind of see it and realize, uh, you know, how I'm acting and what things are, you know, I know it's going to pass. It's kind of hard to really get into it, but it's, um, so anyway, so I took that time and I took this kind of ability to, to realize what's going on and see things around me a bit differently. And, um, so I started working with the CMHA, which is a Canadian mental health association and, uh, just started working with athletes and, and different things like that within that, within the programming there, um, to just kind of work together on, on, you know, getting better and, and, you know, realizing that these are, you know, you're not a bad person because you, you have, you feel a certain way and stuff like that. And, and as we've realized in, in action sports in general, um, you know, the issues in, in sports, but just action sports as well with CTE and, and you know, concussion based symptoms uh, are huge. You know, I remember when Dave Mira uh, passed away, that was, that was huge for me. I was a big BMX guy back in the day and, and uh, that was big, you know, and then, um, you know, we've had re recently in Canada, we've had a few, uh, you know, a few tragedies and, you know, as our good friend, Jeff, um, you know, that was, uh, that was a big one. That was really big. And it's, you know, I still think about that uh, probably once, once a day, um, you know, so I, I, it's one of those things where you try to do your best and you try to help everybody, but you, unfortunately you can't. So um, I'm just trying to bring awareness as best I can to, you know, to that side of it, because as, as moto guys, especially where, like I said, you know, earlier in this interview, we're, we're pretty tough people. We're pretty, you know, there's guys cut their casts off to go racing and they're, they're racing like, you know, vet junior or something. They're just, you know, like the, the average guy, it's not just pros. It's the average guy just, you know, they break their leg. Well, when can I get back on my bike? Like, when can I start racing again? When can I do this? When can I do that? Um, we're, you know, I don't want to say we're dumb, but we're pretty thick headed at times. And we, we don't really think don't about it, dumb, but it helps. <laughs> what's that you don't have to be dumb but it helps yeah definitely oh yeah some of the fastest guys i know are some of the dumbest guys i know but uh and i'm not naming names but um um you know so it's one of those things where it's kind of it's kind of crazy now that we're looking at this you know this invisible virus we're dealing with now with uh, with covid19 um you know concussion and concussion based symptoms and and uh and mental health is essentially invisible too so it's, it's pretty, it's, there's a strong connection there, I think, with how things are going. And I think if we took it all as serious as we do with, with other things, other broken bones, then I think we'd be in a better place. But, uh, you know, so we're, we're working on, it's been in, it's been in, in uh, 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's been in the in progress for almost two years now, but uh, we're working on a documentary based around mental health and, and motocross and action sports in general. And, um, had some really strong supporters in that. Um, you know, it's been, been really, really well received by the industry, which has been cool. Um, not a lot's been produced because it's, you know, obviously we had a, we had a huge rollout plan for this year and we're still waiting to see what happens with that. Um, you know, but I think by the end of this year, early next year, it'll come to, it'll come to light. So, um, and it'll be, it'll be, you know, ready to go. We're, we hope to put in some film festivals and stuff like that and, uh, you know, work pretty, pretty hard on it. So yeah, good. Well, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I grew up one of my best friends since first grade, didn't know when to started doing things. He was undiagnosed, uh, schizophrenic. Jeez, ended yeah. The, yeah. Ended up on the street. We don't even know where he is now. Like he's, just, uh, you know, and I mean, so it's just, I think about that every day. And then with uh, Tanner Ward and Tanner Ward's ride last year for his brother. Yep. That. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. That was, I, I've told Tanner, sorry, let me cut you off, but I've told Whoa. Tanner, you know, a hundred times how cool that was that he did that. And I, I was there, I wasn't even there officially. I was just there to be a part of it. And I, I brought some bikes for guys to ride. Like I would put Tyler on a, a road bike and uh, Noof was on my cyclocross bike and just trying to, you know, I was like, here, whatever we got in the van, just take it, you know, and we'll go. Um, that was pretty cool, yeah, because that was, uh, was a real shame about Tanner's brother, for sure. Right, and then, of course, Jeff McConkey, yep. uh, he mentioned there earlier, we lost him, of course, we think about him every day. That's why I'm going to take his uh, YZ252 stroke and kind of leave his numbers on it and, and try to do, when I, when I test products and stuff like that, I'm going to bring that bike and kind of just as a tribute to him and to people to be aware of the, the mental health awareness, right? So it's all part of it. That's that's pretty cool, Billy, for sure. That's, uh, you know, Jeff was... Uh, I've known Jeff since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I'm 32 now. I'll be 32 this year. So I've known him for, you know, more than half my life. And, and uh, we didn't always get along, but he was always my friend, you know, and he was always a guy that, you know, we'd, we'd butt heads like so hard at times. And then we'd, we'd, he'd call me like an hour later, what's up fish? Like, what are you doing? We're going riding. Like he was, that's just who we were. Um, I've got some, uh, I told my dad I was going to do this interview and he said, he's like, you got to tell a funny Jeff story. And he, he told oh, me the story. He wanted me to tell, and I think it's pretty, uh, it's pretty telling of Jeff, and I think you'll laugh at this one. It's, uh, so we were racing at Port Perry again, our local track, back when it was open, and, uh, you know, Jeff always had to have the coolest, freshest stuff, right? Always, you know, guys racing two classes, they're like four laps each. Um, he's, he's switching gear in between every moto. Every <laughs> single moto he's switching gear, and one of, and his, two of his motos were like not back-to-back, -back, but very, very close, and, uh, He's switching his gear in his truck, in the back of his truck, and his, his moto's on the line. So he's like, no, I got to switch. I got my dad's like, what are you doing, Jeff? Like, you got to get up there. Like, so my dad runs over there and puts his hand up. So they, 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 they uh, delayed the start of the race so he could put fresh gear on. Like, it's just, it's, that's the story I'll always think of when it comes to, to, uh, to Jeff. Yeah, that's Jeff. It was so funny. Like, man, it was Oh, it's so funny. I can't tell you how funny it was to be there and be like, what are you doing, man? It was, uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah, much like you say, that's, that's, uh, that sums up Jeff right there. He just loved the industry, loved the sport, loved the new. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, you know, it, it, we can, we can go into that as much as we want, but it's, uh, it was tough for sure. I, you know, I talked to him just a day or two before that and uh, before everything went down and it was, uh, it was tough for me because I felt like I kind of failed a little bit too, in a way, as his friend and as someone who has, um, you know, worked in the mental health field. I didn't really, you know, I, I felt I was upset that I didn't catch anything. I didn't, I didn't see anything. 
Um, but that's the thing, it's, it's invisible. It's invisible uh, and it, it maybe wouldn't be as invisible if people didn't work so damn hard to hide it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, uh, and that's the thing with him, right? He was always very, uh, very confident, very, uh, you know, he, he exuded that anyways. He was always confident and, you know, always fresh. Everything's always looking good. Like there's never a guy that, that had like the freshest clothes, the, you know, I'm sure he was bugging guys like Jay Moore at Fox. who's a, you know, really good friend of mine, but you know, I'm sure he's bugging Jay, he's bugging Andrew and those guys at Scott for always having fresh stuff. Like he was always, the guy had so much gear and so many pairs of boots and goggles. Oh man, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, that was him, 100%. That's that's exactly who he was. Oh man, that's that's funny. And we uh, talking of your dad there it was kind of funny. Just a, a silly story. With uh, remember when we were at the Detroit Supercross last year? Oh, we went out yeah. for lunch and we got talking. And I, I was I always joke about how I was the I was the crappiest rider that Pirelli ever sponsored. And yeah. My dad's like, wait a minute, what's your last name? <laughs> and he goes, I remember that. And I'm like, oh, that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of a funny story that my dad's been uh, my dad's been a motorcycle guy his whole life. He had his motorcycle license before he had his car license. Um, you know, he's always been a road guy. Never been a huge dirt guy, but he's got some good stories about riding with John Nelson and and uh, some guys from Honda and stuff. And you know, he's he's good friends with JSR. Well, I mean, JSR is a friend of our families pretty much. He's uh, you know been a big part of my life. So uh, my dad worked for Pirelli and then he worked for Dunlop before he worked at Honda. So he's, he was a big tire guy and he knows, uh, we didn't know, but he, at the time he, he had meetings with like Roger DeCoster, uh, Malcolm Smith. Um, you know, he's on the line with uh, Mark Barnett because Mark Barnett was a big tester for them. Um, you know, t checking just tires and fi fitments and wares and all this. Stuff. My dad's like the biggest tire guy ever. But growing up, I always had fresh tires. Like it was, you know, it wasn't about suspension. It was never motor mods. It was always brand new tires. So, uh, it was pretty, you can still do a tire change at like almost seven years old with like, you know, one, one or two spoons. Like, yeah, pretty no, funny. I mean, see, the problem with having a tire sponsor back then was I was such a crappy mechanic that uh, half the time I'd show up at the line and I'd have, I'd have snake bitten one of my tires from uh, changing it and pinching the tube. And I go, oh, great. Well, can everybody wait uh, 20 minutes while I go change another one? That's, uh, yeah, the tubes, you got, you bought more tubes than you bought tires because you're always, we're always popping them. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he's got some pretty cool stories. He's a guy that I've always said that, uh, you know, he's a very understated person where he doesn't claim, you know, any big things, but he, uh, yeah, he's, he's always told me a lot of cool stories, you know, going to, to dinner with Malcolm Smith and his van uh, in California and stuff like that. And, you know, he said Roger DeCoster, he's, he likes to talk about Roger DeCoster and he says he looks like he was in a knife fight because of all the surgery scars he had on him and stuff. And yeah, he's got some pretty cool stories. So my coolest uh, Malcolm Smith MSR racing t-shirt, man, I wish I still had this one or a photo of it was a big pair of pink lips on the front and it said motocrossers get the chicks that's true we <laughs> definitely do I, I mean i don't know if i did but i know a lot of guys that did <laughs> my mom's sitting right there and she actually would have been the one who bought it for me back in the day I would have, mom can i get this t-shirt can i get this t-shirt that's the best that's such a fun that's a way they should make more stuff like that that's cool <laughs> okay man so what's uh so what's uh kind of next coming up with your let's just to kind of close the chapter on the mental health part there what's, hey, yeah yeah um, so we're working, uh, we're working with the CMHA and different industry sponsors um, to kind of produce this documentary and this idea of, of kind of overcoming, um, you know, I, I feel like I, my racing might have been a little bit different if I didn't deal with what I dealt with. And uh, the idea of kind of coming back to the sport, you know, not at any major level, but the idea of being able to come back and, and ride and race again and, and, and have a lot of fun doing it because a lot of people think that, they, you know, if they have a mental health diagnosis, that's their label. That's who they are. That's what they do. And it's kind of more of a, of a showing that you can kind of do whatever you want. Like it's, you know, you don't have to 
live your life based on this this idea that this is who you are. Um, so yeah, a lot of cool industry sponsors. Uh, Jake at, uh, Jake Trottier at Oakley has been a big supporter of that, and um, you know he's always just whatever I need, he's he's got me uh, hooked up. You know Jay from Fox, Jay Jay Moore is actually uh, another good story too. I've known Jay since I was like a young teenager, so he's uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he's always been a big supporter of everything we do. And um, you know it's it's going to be good. It's, it's I have a really good feeling about it, and and obviously we'll roll it out to all the the motocross media in Canada and. Um, when it's done and, and we'll, we'll just, hopefully it's well received, right? It's, it's hard to really talk about a ton of it right now because uh, some of it's, um, you know, it's weird how that works. Some people, you know, they want things under wraps up till a certain point and we've got a full production crew. Like it's a, it's really legit. It's not just like some GoPro footage. It's, uh, it's going to be really well done. Um, so looking forward to that. I'm working with Pete Marcelli. I don't know if you know Pete Marcelli at all. Yeah. So Pete, uh, he's a part of it too. And um you know, it should be, it should be good. So it's, he's, he actually lives just down the road from my parents. So, um, you know, we've got some big plans and that's going to be the, the next step in that. Okay, cool. Does it have a working title yet that you can say or no? Um, we originally, a working title was called Resurgence. Um, but, you know, I don't know if we're going to change that as we go and, and we'll see, but um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty neat. I think it's going to be, uh, I, I really want it to be well done. That was the whole plan. I didn't want to just, um, I didn't want to just put something together, you know, that was kind of hodgepodge and, and whatnot. I really want it to be high quality and something that could be, could be viewed by, you know, anybody really, not just moto guys, but uh, kind of the world in general. So that's, that's the plan. Okay, cool, man. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that obviously. And uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. Now what, to, I know um, we were kind of talking a little bit earlier about some things too, and you kind of mentioned uh, with this whole quarantine thing, isolation, social distancing, yeah. can't ride. What, uh, like, I mean, is there something people can be doing, obviously, just almost mental fitness, or you know what I mean? Just kind of something yep. to keep in mind or whatever right now as we're going through this. Yeah, but I mean, by no means am I, you know, a psychologist or, or an expert. That's you know, kind of my disclaimer. But as someone who has, you know, dealt with this many times for many years, um, I found routine was huge. And, and I found myself actually re really reconnecting with music again. This whole thing is is kind of, you know, listening to old bands I used to like. And, and uh, I've been... I went through the whole discography of uh, Blink-182 the other day because I used to love like growing up and, and uh, you know, being from Lindsay and, and Peterborough area, you're, you're kind of a country boy, but. Uh, they're, playing you know, in, they're playing in London right after, uh, was it this year? Right after Gopher uh, Dunes, I believe. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I, I want to get tickets. I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not, but if it does, I want to, I want to go. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things like routine is really good. I mean, I'm a really big believer in, in exercise and just getting out, doing anything. I'm really fortunate here in my, my condo. I've got a, like a sphere and I've got uh, some weights and stuff like that. So I can be, you know, at home kind of doing my own thing. And I've also got my road bike and my, my mountain bike here too. So I, I ride for, uh, not for, but with Norco now. So Norco's helped me out through a local shop, uh, Fontaine's uh, Source for Sports. So, um, you know, get out for rides and whatnot. And just trying to not today obviously I don't know if it's snowing where you are right now but it's snowing right here like I feel like we should be racing and go for dunes and it's snowing but uh anyways um yeah just kind of and just realizing too that it's unfortunate because you know we are such big lovers of the sport and everything in general but um there's way bigger things at play right now it's unfortunate but there's there's nothing we can do about it that's what I really realized at first too because I love being at the track I love not Facebook. According to Facebook, there's lots of stuff you can go and complain. Oh, dude, I actually deleted Facebook off my phone, so I wasn't looking at it every day, and I don't look at news reports. I don't do anything like that. Because, um, 
you know, I know, in, like, I'm no expert, but I know that this could all change tomorrow. It could all change for the better tomorrow. We don't know. And that's the thing. It's just huge unknown. And it's like, we, we deal with that unknown now. Um, but the only thing you control is yourself and your behaviors and your outlooks on everything. So for me, I'm a big believer on just trying to stay as positive as possible. You know, if we don't go racing this year, for example, I know we're going to try to as a, as a series and everything. Um, there is next year. Like, this isn't forever. And it's, it's unfortunate, but um, part of my job with Pirelli is to deal with F1. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty big deal. And, and there's talk in, uh, of F1 being canceled altogether this year. I mean, and that's, that's Formula One. That's, that's pretty big. So it's, you know, and, and there's definitely some differences with Canadian moto, which I think might actually help us. Um, with being domestic only and whatnot, but, um, you know, I'm just big, big believer on, you know, exercise is huge. Just getting out for a walk, that fresh air. Um, you know, if you've got a bicycle, get on, get outside, don't sit on the trainer because it's, you know, that fresh air can do a lot of good for you. Even, you know, 20 minutes, half hour, an hour, just go for the easy spin. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a huge difference. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in better shape when I'm out of this quarantine than I was going into it. Cause I'm, you know, it's just, it's just what else do you got to do? You know, you work from home, get some exercise in, you're kind of working on what you're eating and, and look at it like a positive. Um, you know, look at like, I've, I can only control what's, you know, in my life right now. I can't control the world and just focus on that moving forward. Uh, right. So you're saying, so you're saying routine is important. So are you saying maybe I should think about a shower or maybe putting some pants on one of these days? Or? Yeah. Well, when you said you had to put some clothes on, I said, that's probably our biggest issue uh, daily now is that we got to put clothes on and, you know, you don't need to uh, for the most part. Right. I, I always put a shirt on because I usually have to do video calls or something with, uh, with Italy, but um, I know sometimes I don't put pants on. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's a, it's a visual for everyone to visualize that, but. Uh, oh, that's funny. All right. Well, yeah. well, well uh, Greg, um, so what's, what can we talk about? As you're talking about, they're talking about obviously canceling like Formula One for goodness sake, things like that, yep. of that magnitude and stuff. So what do you do like in Pirelli right now? What are you able to do in your, in your job? Um, so for the most part, I'm big on, uh, it's actually, you know, my, my job title is I'm a sales director uh, for Pirelli Canada. So the auto side, um, Pirelli uh, moto side is handled by a distributor. So uh, I know Steve Sims is really big on the, uh, the race support side of things, but I don't have anything to do with that. That's, that's a, Fully different, uh, fully different deal. Um, so I basically work with dealers and uh, and different different programs on that side about sales. It's a really kind of a unique way. I didn't realize this until I got in the industry, but how the tire auto excuse me auto side of the tire industry is very different than what you may think. You know, we're used to like a manufacturer, say say in the moto side, say uh, you know FMF. Here's a good example. FMF is produced in the states. They're distributed in Canada by Parts Canada to the dealers and the auto side with tires it's there's four or five different channels that happen it's completely crazy compared to what i was used to so uh it was it took a little bit to get used to and then i also work with within the uh the motorsports side to like i said when f1 comes to montreal um that's a big thing for us it's like you know our biggest thing of the year like it's everything revolves around that uh, as, as pirelli is the official tire supplier for formula one so yeah it's uh sorry anything else we want to talk about here we're kind of uh checking the clock here we should probably uh i'm sure my uh my producer and director they're giving me the wrap it up so 
Um, no, it's, 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 uh, you know, thank you very much for just, you know, for this opportunity. I appreciate it. I always like talking to you and, you know, I miss you a lot from seeing you at the races and stuff. And we always have good conversations and, uh, I don't think I've seen you since, since Jeff's, uh, service. Um, but you know, I'm excited to see everyone again. And, and, uh, you know, I still, still keep in touch with everyone. I still talk to like Tyler Medallio probably once a week. I talk to Kale Foster every day. Kale and I talk every friggin' day about something. He's always, you know, he's one of my best buds. But, uh, you know, just everyone stay positive and we're going to get through this. It's going to be, uh, we'll be back riding and racing before we know it. I know that the team at Jetworks are trying really hard to put something together and, and uh, you know, the local series too. But we got to remember it's not on them. It's on, it's bigger than that, right? It's, there's governments involved now and stuff like that. And it's, um, they can only do so much. So I know they're trying really hard and, and uh, try to keep the, the positivity going forward because eventually it will happen, right? We'll be, we'll be back before we know it. All right, cool. Well, as you heard, those eight chimes mean, mean it's uh, two o'clock. What? <laughs> Did you hear that in the background? No. <laughs> All right, well, I wanna, yeah, thanks for your time. That's kind of fun to have a chat about uh, certainly different sides of the thing, other things to be thinking about here right now, and some kind of points out what's important too, you know what I mean? You're sitting here on your yeah. own. I think about what is important and everything. We're all excited to get back and we will get back. It's just, uh, and it's funny too, because this, this quarantine thing can go either way. You can, you can completely fall apart or you can come out of this and be even better than you were. So I like yeah. your, that's, that's the way to think about it, I think. Yeah, I think that's just the way to use the time available to us. And, uh, you know, I've seen some guys, uh, I just was actually talking to Brian Cormier the other day, a uh, racer from Quebec, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's on, his, he's on his trainer in his motorhome, just like grinding it out, getting it done. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, just use the opportunity as, uh, you know, you can get more training in because we're not going racing until, you know, I think it's June or something now or potentially. Like it's – Potentially. They're making the announcement on May 1st, whether – what happens. Yeah. Again. yeah. So, we you know, there's – you've been given more time to get in better shape. So, yeah. you got a longer off season, right? So, use it use it as you can and, and uh, just come out swinging. It's going to be – it's going to be good. When it does happen, it's going to be good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's end it there. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for your time and uh, good hey, luck you. in your, uh, your quarantine there, your isolation. And uh, yeah, we'll see you when we get back back rolling. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, I look forward to seeing you and everybody again when uh, we all get together. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot for your time. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.